She has to be stopped. I don't want my friends getting hurt. What is my exit plan? Tonight is the big night. This is it. Do or die. I'm nervous and excited. Anxious a little too, but oddly not scared. Not like I was before Shilpa. It's strange, but I think maybe I'm just optimistic this will turn out. Tomorrow will come, my friends and I will go on, and the world will be a slightly better place. I doubt Margadia will be utterly defeated. That's a bit much to hope for, and would... It would require that she manifest and abandon every one of her hosts. That's not going to happen. But the more of her we seal back in the red crystal, the less influence she has and the less damage she can do. I've asked everyone to record their thoughts and feelings. A last message before this big event. The story won't be complete without everyone's input because there is one thing I finally come to accept. Well, three things if I look back at my entire recent history. One, I know nothing of how the real world works. Two, I need to stop overthinking things. Stop thinking and considering and just do. Action carries with it the attribute of enhanced learning. And three, I can't dismiss other people's commitment. When I commit, I give it all. And I have to accept that other people do too. So, here I am, unsure how all of this works, but I'm jumping in with both feet. I've gathered all my allies, everyone who has demonstrated commitment to me and to defeating my guardian, just like me. Rachel, Steve and his crew, Heidi, Kilp, Tony, John, Beatrice, Sasha, and Mary. I know that Tony and John and I carry Venus with us still, though she's been gone on her own journey now. I was initially hesitant to ask Rachel, but after I explained the plan and the stakes, she was in. She organised security to keep the regular punters from getting involved. Steve was also a choice I had to think over, but I called him and told him what was going on, and he leapt at the chance. He's different. I mean, I didn't know him before he was possessed, but, well, I mean, he has a gang, let's face it. They aren't a social club. But he's changed now. I can hear it in the way he spoke to me. It was the gratitude and humility that struck me. Anyway, he's in and he's brought a team of big blokes to help out. They've all been made aware that the possessed are innocent and shouldn't be seriously harmed. I've also warned him about the hellhounds. They'll likely be there. She's got, I guess, at least three of them. I don't think Kilp is really going to do much more than observe, if that. There just aren't many trees around. Well, I'm kitted out. I've warmed up. And I'm ready. I didn't believe anything I was told until after I'd drawn up the magic circle. I still don't really believe. Not like the others do. But that trance and the weird voices were a a bit much. 
if I'd been watching a YouTube of it, I'd have easily dismissed it as a schlock. But I was there. And I heard it all. How can so many people be all so convinced that there's a demon running amok if it wasn't true? Well, easy of course, but not after the ritual. I was asked to record some thoughts. I watched my best friend, who'd always been a bit arrogant, turn into a total dickwad. Then I was, well, then I woke up in hospital. I don't remember the explosion. That girl Sasha hit a doctor in the head with a fire extinguisher, and then I was hurried out. A little confusing, but I could tell there was something serious then. Now I'm here. Crap. Where to start? Is this supposed to be my final message? A will and testament? I don't think so. After I cursed my girlfriend, she's okay by the way, the curse is just three strikes of bad luck, I was hunted by a local baby eater. I've met a great guy. We, um, we think we might be more than friends at some point, but right now we both have more important things to worry about. Then there's Beatrice. I think she's crushing in a tragic hell bitch sort of way. I'm a little hard on her, really. But I still don't trust her. How has she regained her good looks and poise? I mean, she literally was a broken-down nag just a couple of weeks ago. Straggly hair, limp and stooped posture. Then bing! She's back to being this perfect. It seems I'm the only one to think that's a little sus. She doesn't have anything... If she doesn't betray us tonight, I'd be surprised. From what I've heard, it's what she does. This is a lot more than I bargained for when I made contact. I was supposed to retrieve the book of esoteric knowledge and destroy it. The book was written by a Ulysses Byford in 1922, when he captured and tortured a floorarborist for knowledge. Ulysses himself was captured and punished, but his book escaped, taken by person or persons unknown. The Order has been hunting it for ever since. Okay, well, that's the official story, but I'm not so naive as to think it the full story. Brother Zhang Shu, the monk supposedly tortured for knowledge, was of extremely advanced years and had been retired due to senility. Quite likely, Ulysses used some basic magic to fool Zhang into confessing his knowledge. Now, what punishment did Ulysses receive? That I'm not sure, but he has only ever been reported as missing, so I wouldn't be at all surprised to find him still alive in some way. Probably he was given the choice to join the order and join a hermitage, which he took. Who wouldn't? A man of his intellect and ability would not be simply imprisoned or mind-wiped. 
but all of that is digression to keep me from considering what is to come. I face tonight with excitement and trepidation in equal measures. As a historian, librarian, and administrator, I've only ever read of the exploits of the hunters, not that these amateurs are such as they. But still, they act and are obviously committed to the destruction of a rather major demon. I don't know fully what transpired in the spirit world, but I have an idea. The possessed retain their soul in their mind. The demon manifest in our universe sustains itself by drawing on the spiritual connection its host maintains with the divine. It would seem a part of this divinity has allowed access back to the possessed, lending them the strength we could not provide by exorcism. If this works tonight, I will chronicle this method. I might even be invited to the Vatican. <gasps> well, I'm as ready as I can be. to go tonight. I must go. It will be the only chance I get to strike so major a blow against Magadia. I have been her servant and slave since all those years ago on the ship. I killed the bosun. I killed him and bound his soul to mine. I never told anyone that, but I had to. I released Magadia. She possessed Joseph Inglewood and taught me how to bind a soul. It gave me such strength, but also such terrible, aching guilt. The whole time I could hear his screaming torment as I slowly drew on his power to fuel my own. I took the form I have based on the carving of the figurehead on the prow of the ship I arrived on. I don't remember the name of the ship, but I remember the boatswain, David Cranborn. I used the last of his strength to destroy that hellhound. I thought I was finally free, but the feeling of filth and betrayal were just as strong as ever. No one, well, he sees something in me, even in my natural form. Natural. The form of a wretched fifteen-year-old cripple. I killed again. I hear him screaming now, cursing me. Most of the time I've learnt to close him off. Air and flight. I thought he was... I didn't realise who he was or what his intention was. I can't release him, but I can't keep him. If I could prove myself or live up to the way... <sighs> it doesn't matter. I will destroy Magadia. I will see her blasted from existence, starved of souls and locked away. Tonight will be a mighty blow. I will gain the upper hand. I will be the victor, the one in control. Please. Well, what can I say? It's been a real roller coaster. Beating ghouls to death, making deals with fairies, and getting hammered by a vampire thrall. I've always tried to make my family proud. 
It's a bit easy. I've got a great family. I sometimes wish they were a little less understanding, a little more Catholic, like some of my other friends. But, oh well, good problems to have. My real concern is that if tonight gets a little rough, my poor little John will never let me leave the house again. What can I say? <laughs> That's twice now. Demons are bad news, and this one, Magadio, is about as bad as they get. I'm sure you've all heard about the people who get possessed and go on a murder spree, but that's small fry compared to this one. Bombings, shootings, bus ramming and riots have been perpetrated by this little bitch. I'm going hard on this one, and looking back at the beatings I received at the hands of monsters, I'm going to be extra careful tonight. I do agree with John, though. This is just too dangerous and not what I really want to be doing. I've got a business empire to grow and kids to adopt, a family. That much of the traditional Catholic is left in me. Tony has promised to be a little more reserved tonight. I don't know what I can do. The possessed are more or less innocent in this. Margadel is using their bodies, and I don't want to kill anyone or leave them permanently injured. I'm taking cable ties and duct tape. Not the usual cable ties, the security ones with wire reinforcing they can't be snapped. I figure I can tie and tape the possessed up to keep them from getting hurt. I just don't know how to prepare for this, as I don't really know what's going to happen. It isn't that we haven't been briefed. I have. It's just that there aren't many details to know. We wait in Rocket until the possessed turned up. I don't get why they will, but I'm told they will. We chant some angelic words that are supposed to have spiritual power or allow the possessed spirits to awaken. I'm sketchy on that. The result should mean we kind of do a mass exorcism slash binding thingy. Like I said, I'm not 100% on the details. I don't think anyone is. Not even our illustrious leader, Mr. Exoplan himself. I'll do my part, I'll do that chant, and I'll tie up as many of Margadel's tools as I can. Tony is not going to hospital again. God became human so the man might become God. This demon didn't create anything within me. It used what it found, and it found plenty. I can easily blame my upbringing, my lack of education, my time on the street, or a hundred other things, but at the end it was my choice that let the demon in, and it was my fear of responsibility that let the demon stay. That is not true anymore. Jesus took responsibility for what he had to do. He knew he was to die, and he knew he was to be betrayed, but he also knew it was through his very existence and subsequently his death that we all can come to know the divine within. Buddha showed a similar thing. We have God bodies. Our soul is tethered to our body by rage, hunger, desire, and shame. In a way, that is what this flesh suit is for. Without learning of these things, how can the spirit become divine? It is a contrast. The point of life is contrast. Some of us must dip low, deep into the abyss before we can understand this. Everyone listening to this take note. Look within yourself and see the dark. 
to gaze into the abyss. You don't need to worry about what looks back. It is you, heading out the other way. I've been there, and I've done that. The problem is, too many people start down that path and keep falling, because they don't have the savior I had. I won't let that happen to anyone else so long as I live. Tonight, I reclaim. Now move those tables to the side. We have to stick these down and then cover them back over. Will you two strapping lads help me with this one? We're setting Rocket up. Everyone is clearing the tables and chairs back to open a clear path to the dance floor and stage. We've printed out these big A2 sigils that we're putting around the room. They aren't strictly required, but they should give us a hand. The Book of the Most Holy and Most Profane has a mantra supposedly in the angelic tongue that strengthens the spirit against possession and domination. So we're sticking the... Yeah, that last one has to be exactly 432 millimetres from that one there. No, no, this one goes here, that one goes there. <laughs> nice one, Sash. So we're sticking the sigils required down around the room and we're covering them over with the tables and chairs so they aren't immediately obvious. Is that all? All placed? This is so very exciting. When do the guests start arriving? From eight. The bouncers are at the door, and Rachel has said they know what to check. Now we play the waiting game. Nah, that's boring. How about hungry, hungry hippos? I think they're here. The doors are opening and people are coming in. There's a cocky-looking woman in the lead. And there's the hellhounds. Just three of them. They resemble dogs, big mastiffs, but there's something very wrong looking about them. A normal dog I'd have trouble hitting, but these things don't look real. Everyone else is hidden behind the bar and curtains around the walls. I'm, I'm just standing waiting up on the stage. I thought you'd be here. This is where you last saw Heidi before I took her, isn't it? Well... It wasn't you who took Heidi. We both know it was me. You wanted her, and so did I. It was also me who killed Lainey. I destroyed the book collector's house and killed his dog. I was responsible for letting you free, killing Joseph Inglewood. He was such a kind man. He just wanted to help me. I see that now. I killed the boatswain David Cranbourne and bound his soul. B, what? There's more. I killed Aaron Flight, a brother of the Order of the Blooming Tree. He wanted to help too, in his way. I still have him here with me, inside. These are just the names of the people I remember. There are countless others I have killed, or harmed, or betrayed. And what is your point, Beatrice? Did I not give you everything you asked? Look how beautiful you are. Now! Hanath al 
I thought you knew by now that exorcism doesn't work. Why did you come here, Margadiel? Why here? This place? Why at this time? How did you know I was here? Because this. What, what have you done? Look inside yourself, Marge. Listen hard. How? No. None of you are free. You gave yourselves to me. You deserve this. Do you recognize this, Margie? This is the old home. And you're going back. Silence! You know nothing of demons. You know nothing of my true power. Witness and despair. Crap. Oh, God. Oh, what the hell? What the hell in the How name do you like of me God. now, bitches? I am but a sinner. Have mercy on me. I shunned my friends. I am arrogant. I spread hate and fear through magic, and I am sorry. I take my penance in the satisfaction that my soul is now clear. We, we forgive you. Ah. Go forth, Go with, forth a clean soul. with a clean ah. soul. Ah. Forgive me. me. No! Ah, ah. Break your grip. She's taken him. <laughs> I will not accept this. I am a wretched sinner. I will never be clean, but I repent. I regret and I weep for what I have done. Aaron, forgive me. You are free. She has to be stopped. I don't want my friends getting hurt. What is my exit plan? Thank you for listening. Season 3 is the finale of the Exaplan story. This is my Exaplan, book 1 of Exaplan, and what is my Exaplan, book 2 of Exaplan are now both available on Amazon. If you would like to help support the production of this and future works, please consider buying a copy or recommending it to a friend. Thank you to David Kinsman as Tony, Mark Regan as John, Hem Cleveland as Beatrice, Natalie Berrin as Sasha, Carly Nichols as Mary, Nick Rummery as Heidi, Mike Robinson as Margardiel, and Surrey Hughes as Steve. To keep up to date, follow at Gravity Undone on Twitter or Facebook and consider checking out our new shop where you can buy related merchandise.